Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, everyone. We're back. Uh, We are starting a cult with myself, Grant. Mr. Grant. Uh, Yeah, I'm here with Jake, you know, the guy I'm always here with. the the other host. We're also here with uh, Georgie, you know, the beloved uh, third host of the show. He's he's pretty much a regular now. I am. I didn't know. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Uh, it's good to be back, as you always. Hit yourself in the face with yeah, that I thing, Yeah, I swung dude. the mic directly into my mouth. And I know Grant likes this thing, so I don't know what kind of diseases he's uh, carrying. Horrible ones. Horrible, horrible ones. We also, we also, also, also have a fourth, well, I guess a second guest, a fourth member yeah, yeah. of the crew today. That is uh, the long-awaited, the long-mentioned, the previously aforementioned, David. Hey, how's it going? Hey, it's how's David it? from yeah. the Navy. It's David. It's David, Glad our here. it's our favorite seaman. Glad to be a part of this wonderful we will, uh, thing. Oh, you're here on the right time. Mm-hmm. Today we are going to venture into uh, the spooky world of uh, demonic possessions, and um, we're going to take this in a couple different directions today. But um, I figured I'd start this off by saying that. Uh, I don't know, if you've listened to the previous episodes, I think it was Bill Schnobin I talked about Yeah, it. that was the last one. I was talking about uh, my thoughts on uh, the whole uh, religious smorgasbord, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, and, um, yeah. that chart that we posted on all the stuff. Yeah. All these uh, different life choices. All the shit. Yeah, all, uh, all the shit. Pretty much I discussed how I used to be like a, a rampant atheist, and then uh, I was a fake member of Levain Satanism for a while. I mean, weren't we all? Yeah, we were. There was a time. Yeah. And then uh, I'm not I'm not religious by any means, but uh, I'm I'm starting to warm up to the idea perhaps of some type of uh benevolent there's creature. There's something. Yeah, there's something probably, right? And uh it was the same way with uh, possessions for me. I always thought, you know, it's full of shit. It's movies. It's fucking Linda Blair with her head twisting around. Captain Howdy on the Ouija board, you know. But uh I don't know. After what we're going to talk about today, we'll let you guys decide. So that's my take, David. Where do you uh, where, where, where are you coming at? <laughs> uh, for like demon possessed uh, demon possession and stuff. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, I'm on kind of on the. Uh, I don't know how do you say it. 
the not believing side. Yes, I guess I not believe. I can. I can believe. It. I can also not believe. I guess I'm fifty fifty on it. You know, I have to see it to believe it. Is my you're skeptical, thing. right? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you? I thought you've seen something like this. Uh, you thought was a dream, but wasn't a dream. I recall you yeah, running. Wasn't there, a uh, there was some sort no, of no, uh, no, thing in your root, your barracks, right? That yeah. wasn't a, a demon possession. It was a. It was definitely a ghost. I had a haunted uh, barracks room. It was pretty exciting. Go on. <laughs> Why don't you run us through that? Uh, so, uh, what's right, deets? Right, right, the people right. want some deets. Uh, so the first time, uh, the first uh, little encounter I had, I was laying in bed. I was facing the wall, and then I I couldn't move. I was uh, I had that sleep paralysis, and then all I hear is a uh, rustling of like my backpack. I felt I heard someone like going through my shit. I didn't have a roommate at the time, and I was I heard someone just going through rustling through my backpack. I can take a couple breaths and I turn around, no one was there. And then I was just like, well, what the fuck was that? And the second time, uh, I woke up another night and then I just saw a tall sailor in the, what we call the blueberries, the old uh, blue camos. Uh, we have green now. Oh, updates, yeah, updates. Uh, yeah, he was just a tall white sailor in his blueberries facing like wall so he had his back towards me all i saw was like the like his upper back because like the light was coming through the window it was only slight light then that freaked me out a little bit so i just turned back around and just went back to bed then uh the next time was uh the next time was um let me think just oh. riveting. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. This is what happens. Let's. Geez, sorry, I fucking ass. <laughs> let's get to the air, dude. Let's get right. to the part where you uh, scared him off, shall uh, we? I'd rather not talk about that. I just like we'll I tell guess, it for you if you don't I know, tell it. I just got the balls to like run up to him. Yeah, one you, day did. Cause yeah was, you did. Because uh, I just ran up to him butt ass naked because I was getting tired of it. <laughs> but you did have the balls to run up on him. Yeah, most definitely. He scared him away with his genitalia. I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah. It's a great time. He didn't bother me after that. Before we continue, <laughs> yeah, you just ran a ghost. You just ran at a ghost <laughs> with like. Yeah, with you, you, let's just say he had to pee pretty bad. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was excited to pee. Yeah, that's basically how. I ran at the ghost with a major boner. <laughs> you know, it's that morning wood, you know. It but it solved I, your problem, it though, right? Solved my problem. Yeah. You know, maybe it creeped him out. Maybe, like, I don't know. Try to get, like, a... Like, you, dude, you flipped the script. You out-crazied the ghost. Yeah, was... I did. You have to, in order to beat crazy, you have to be at least 10% more crazy than that other I guess crazy. that makes absolute sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, people... I feel like this is a perfect way to lead into a story totally unrelated, but somewhat unrelated, about my... Ro- about, <laughs> no, this is about roommates and hard dicks. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Okay. Uh, I did not have a very good time in college when I was there. And uh, it was, <laughs> yeah, I have a dropout two time. Yeah, uh, you just bought a house, so you're fine. Yeah, you're I bought fine. a. Where's your guys' houses, huh? Where's your house? They're back with my mom. <laughs> All right, so uh, I was visiting a friend at a much cooler campus that was a lot more partying and good time. I went to a shitty old school. Not the point. Anyways, this guy picks me up because the week prior I fucking crashed my car. Long story. 
<laughs> so I'm throwing my shit in my buddy's car, and I was like, oh, I forgot my phone charger. Let me run back real quick. I'll go get it. And he's like, all right. I was like, yeah, you can come too. You can check out my dorm. He's like, all right, cool. So he's like, yo, I'm going to stop and piss real quick. I was like, all right, just come to this room. This is mine. I was like, all right. I always did this thing in case one of us, or in case my roommate was masturbating. I'll take my keys, and I'll jingle it. And I'll kind of fumble it around the lock. Just, you know, give him time to, is that someone at the door? Let me pull, pull up my fucking shorts. I got to, you know, put, put the shit away. So I do that whole deal. The lights are on. I can see it under the door. The lights are on. Put my key in and lock the door, open it, and I open it, and on his like 36 inch flat screen is a big dick going into a butt. <laughs> and I was like, what the shit? And I turn and look, and he's naked, red in the face. He's like, Jesus Christ, what are you doing here? <laughs> I was like, Jesus, man, I wasn't even gone 20 seconds. You already Southern accent and all. Yeah, yeah he's, he was from the south. He had the southern twang. He's like, Jesus, man, oh, what are you doing here? And I was like, oh, my God, dude, I'll see you later. And I closed the door, and I've never seen him again. So, yeah, demons. <laughs> Demon possessions. So, yeah, yeah. lots of it, If you have a ghost, just uh, fixes it with penises. Yep. Well, that was a very interesting drop-off That wasn't here. the intro I was expecting. I like it. I like uh, it a lot. Anyways, anyways. So, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, demon possessions, they take a lot of uh, forms, you know. I'll eventually, throughout this episode, I'll kind of get into the history, the different cultural implications and how they deal with it and, you know, visualize these things, but... uh. For the purposes of our story time that we typically go into, uh, we'll be focusing more on the uh, Christian aspect, the Abrahamic side of demonic possession. Mm -hmm. And um, it is actually brought up a lot. The one thing that I wanted to dispel right away, people often that do not believe in demonic possessions will say that they are a strictly uh, Judeo-Christian thing or only present in Abrahamic religions, and that is truly false. Um, the first thing I'm going to be talking about is evidence of the fact that, that is just not the case. Yeah, uh, it dates back uh, all the way to the earliest existence of man, and uh, I'll cover that in a little bit, but... Um, J just to start us, I'll talk a little bit about uh, the big guy upstairs, uh, Jesus. Jesus H. Christ, uh, the typical guy, you know, everybody knows that guy. Um, we're going to take a journey into the Bible. Alright, are you guys ready? Mm, the big book. This is the yeah. first time I've ever read a Bible passage what a read. on here. It's fucking book. Uh, spoiler alert, the main character dies. <laughs> a horrible death. <laughs> oh, that was the Who's it written by? God. <laughs> who, do, who do you think it's written by, Matt? It's an autobiography, obviously. No, let's face it. The, the Bible's written by a bunch of dudes. Oh. That's why women are not... Uh, you know, no one gives a fuck about women in the Bible because it's a bunch of dudes writing it. There but, you go, um, yeah. Yeah, okay, so we're going to jump right into uh, the Bible here. This is Matthew eight twenty eight through 34 of the uh, King James Bible. All right, are we ready? Who's ready? Who's got your listening pants on? Do it. I don't have any pants on. It's... All right. When he came to the other side into the country of the, Gad the Gadarnus, two men who were demon-possessed met him as they were coming out of the tombs. They were so extremely violent that no one could pass by that way. And they cried out, saying, What business do we have with each other, son of God? 
Have you come here to torment us before the time? Now, there was a herd of many swine feeding at a distance from them. The demons began to entreat him, saying, If you are going to cast this out, send us into the herd of swine. And he said to them, Go! And they came out and went into the swine. And the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea and perished in the waters. Jesus. The herdsmen ran away and went to the city and reported everything, including what had happened to the demoniacs. And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus, and when they saw him, they implored him to leave their region. Dude, the demoniacs? That sounds amazing. Sounds like a band. That sounds like a kick-ass band. Jesus cast out the legions from uh, these fucking guys, and they went to a bunch of pigs, and the pigs uh, killed themselves. So how about that? Why would the pigs kill themselves? I don't fucking know. <laughs> Normal Tuesday night. That's like... I don't know how any of that works. But that is, uh, that's just one of the few uh, little Bible passages that uh, kind of refer to the idea of possession and uh, exorcism in that right. Um, yeah, so we'll get into that a little bit more. But uh, Jake, why don't you start us off here with a little uh, tale of woe, as it may be. Just a tale of woe. Um, yeah, so the first thing I'm going to be talking about is the case, the case of uh, Janet Moses. Ooh, Moses. Moses, dude. It has so much to do. Go to the tabernacle, Moses. What are you going to do now, Moses? <laughs> what? Wait, no one's seen the Ten Commandments? <laughs> no one's seen the Ten well, Commandments? Like yeah, it's my favorite one. I fucking love that movie, dude. Yeah. Charlton Heston kicks ass. I watch it every night before I go to bed. Of course. Uh, fuck all of you. Fuck you. <laughs> that movie's good. All right, so Janet Moses. Uh, it was October of 2007, so it was relatively recently. Uh, 22-year-old Janet Moses died from drowning. And uh, also a 14-year-old uh, relative was injured, but that doesn't really come into to play very much. Uh, so during a Makutu lifting, which uh, that is kind of like the uh, the New Zealand version of an exorcism, uh, Makutu means like witchcraft, uh, sorcery, spell and incarnation in the, uh, yeah, in the Maori language of New Zealand. And this all happened in Wellington, New Zealand. So previous to this, previous to her death, uh, Janet had lost her grandma and she was having trouble with her boyfriend, like just problems, uh, with whom she had two children. Hmm. So, you what know, a slut. <laughs> for the time, at least. Like, hmm, all right. I mean, yeah. In reality, no, but for the time, yeah. It was 2007. You know, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Dude. God. I don't even know what was happening in 2007. I don't know, man. I was, how old was I? Dead. Doesn't matter. I think I was 11. But, uh, yeah, so 2007. Yeah, she had some problems with her boyfriend, and they had two children together. Uh, supposedly, around this time, she was having all this trouble with her uh, life. With her lady uh, parts? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. But uh, <laughs> um, uh, some extended members of Janet's family had stolen a concrete lion statue from, what? <laughs> from a Greytown hotel. How do you fucking steal that thing? I don't know, dude. <laughs> it was it, probably, it was, a semi? It was just like a, a... It's not like you just put it in your pocket. I don't know, man. I took it brick by brick. <laughs> it was a whole <laughs> plan. It was in my yard. It was a whole plan, dude. Years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I now have the whole lion in my 
in my living room. I can't put it outside because they'll see it. It's like Georgie's new Bigfoot statue over there. It's very nice. But, uh, yeah, so supposedly they stole it from a Greytown hotel. And this actually became associated with Janet's behavior to follow because she apparently, according to her extended family, began acting like a lion. I, okay, I, okay. I, <laughs> let me let me let me process this. You gotta unpa- There's a lot to unpack. So she's crawling around on all fours, protecting the young, eating raw meat and growling. Possibly even before certain films, she's in a commercial where she's in a giant ribbon. On MGM, growling at the <laughs> studio. It really sounds like it. It, it. it that might be the case. Like instead of claws, maybe she's got keys between her fingers or something. What a dynamic. That whole thing. This woman is enchanting. Yeah, she began acting like a lion. Apparently, the family crest was also a lion, and one of the cousins had, like, a tattoo of a lion that says, like, family united forever or some shit. Wow, that's fucking lame. Yeah, but... If any of you have a tattoo like that, that's super lame. <laughs> it's the family crest. Just black it out. Just, <laughs> just a black spot on, on your arm. Just make it a square. Uh, but yeah, so she began to act like a lion. And the family consulted a... Kaumuta, Kamatua elder uh, named isn't, Tim. Isn't that a mime? Probably, no, I don't man. Know. For all I know. His name was Timmy Rahi. Wow. But Timmy, like T-I-M-I. Timmy. So you know he's a wise man. For an uh, idiot. Yeah, pretty much. Because, uh, yeah, he prayed for and then advised the family to return the lion statue, which they did. And, uh, yeah, so, and then he told the family that it was up to them to perform the Makutu lifting. Really? For some reason. The exorcism? Yeah, basically. Yeah. But for some reason, it was up to them. Uh, following this, uh, the family, who was mostly maternal, mostly on her mom's side, uh, without any knowledge of how to properly perform this, uh, like, healing exorcism, uh, they began to do so. And uh, it took place in their grandmother's flat, actually. And uh, there was so much water used because apparently they did some sort of uh, thing resembling a waterboarding situation to try to drive out these uh, demon. That's one way to Interesting. do it, I guess. I guess that's one way to do it. But there was so much water used by the family in the flat that it was just like soaking the carpet and they actually had to punch a hole into the floor to like drain it out. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah. Just get a pump. Yeah, get a sub pump. Get a pool pump. Yeah, just get, get like one a, of those guys. Quit being you stupid. You using a, a tremendous amount of water. It'd be safe to get a pump. And it was in their grandmother's flat. They had, like, neighbors, like, in the same building. But, uh, all right, so also... But they Janet, have a lion for a daughter. All these problems are mounting into an yeah, enormous situation. They didn't need the statue anymore. They got the lion daughter. Hmm. But, uh, so, yeah, Janet's eyes uh, were apparently picked at with sharp objects by her family. Who supposedly saw demons in them. But what I'm thinking here is they like looked into her eyes and saw their own reflections. They're like, that's the fucking thing. I got to get that out of there. And they were, she was, they were just digging at her eyes. I don't think they that... dug her eyes out. They basically, her eyes had severe damage. They didn't come out, but they were like scraping at them and like poking them. You know, like the thing, uh, they saw them like Walgreens. (laughs) Uh, It's like the dental pick, you know, it's like that. It's like the wooden or the metal hook. I imagine that they took that and just started scraping. Just started going at it. Like, imagine the feeling of that going against your tooth, but it's just in your eye. (laughs) (laughs) Could you stop? (laughs) Doesn't that shit just turn you on? Oh, yeah. 
So, this bitch is having a rough go of she's it. She's having a rough go of it, I'm dude. saving my comments for the end. Yeah, because... no problem, no problem. Uh, the neighbors, because there were neighbors, it was a flat, it was like a building, uh, they, uh, they claimed that they heard rhythmic thuds and stomps throughout the night. Dubstep. Dubstep. It was probably some Germans. Or as I call it, dumbstep. <laughs> Fuck you, Grant. <laughs> I agree with you, and I hated that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What? It's clever. <laughs> you guys don't understand humor. I could hit you with a bag full of humor, oh, yeah, and you wouldn't get it. Oh, yeah. I haven't heard that one before, Grant. That terrible pun, and then well, you're quoting a biblical six-hour movie. Dude, You're on it, dude. Okay, hold on, hold on. Are we really going to sit here and say that the Ten Commandments isn't a good movie? I'm sure it is, but I've yeah, maybe when did it come out? Fucking forty years ago. So what? It's you so... like Jaws. Well, that's completely different. You, like you know Mac, that. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Jaws is good. Ten Commandments is good in its own sense. <laughs> You're making me upset. <laughs> Fuck you. I don't know. I've never actually watched it, so I've got no room to I've talk. I've only seen parts. My grandpa would watch it every single Easter, and it'd be on. I think that's why I don't like it, because I'm like, I don't want to fucking watch this. I want to watch the football game. I don't want to watch <laughs> uh, it. This reminds me of my family. I hate this. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, I, I do want to say one thing, Matt. Football's not on during Easter, so that doesn't make sense. Well, I'd rather watch a fucking football game than the Ten Fucking Commandments. Just YouTube highlight footage. Yeah. Football ends in February, just, no, just so we all know. Oh God! That, maybe gonna, that's why he shaved head in February. Maybe that's why Matt always loses at fantasy football because he doesn't even know when the season is. <laughs> it's fucking mid July. Yeah, it's Christmas to November. Uh, November. <laughs> Did you just say Zlovember? Just fucking move on with the podcast, <laughs> Okay, Jake. well, move at 8 a.m. On. on October 12th, which is in like, well, what time is it? Tomorrow. That's in, that's in like three and a half hours is October 12th. But at 8 a.m. Uh, October 12th, 2007, Janet died from drowning. Uh, her father, apparently, who was on his way to like support her during whatever was they were doing, the uh, Makutu lifting... Uh, he arrived at 4.30 p.m. that same day, at which time he was informed of her death. So apparently uh, they didn't mention it to him. And it was nine hours after her death that he got there and called the police. Interesting. So, yeah, she died. And then a trial took place in 2009. Uh, the trial uh, was against nine of the um, family members. And let's see. Hmm. It was basically mainly focused on consent, whether or not she was able to give or whether she, whether or not she gave or whether she was able to give like consent to be a part of this ritual. But uh, the trial lasted 29 days. There were actually 101 witnesses that uh, took the stand. Uh, they didn't really witness it. But they were just kind of like... Uh, we heard the stories, man, and we <laughs> think it's for real. Basically, they all just... Uh, they mainly discussed the cultural and religious aspects of the case. Uh, yeah. So the jury deliberated for 20 hours, and they convicted five of the eight family members that were uh, put to trial here. They had one uncle and four aunts of Janet Moses. And they were all, instead of doing prison time or anything like that, they were all sent to uh, community-based duties, so otherwise known as community service. And (laughs) 
Oh my god. <laughs> what are you doing with your phones? There's Let me see that picture again. Oh god, Georgie, what the hell, man? <laughs> Jesus. You look like a kumquat. Oh my god. We need a fucking exorcist in this room right oh now. Your house is hot as shit. I hope you know that. It is very warm. I'm sweating. Just had Alex put on the air conditioning. Yeah. Just give it some time. It might be because we're drinking. I don't know. Well, you got but... me in this crevice. I can't really get out <laughs> well, of it. I'm sorry. Your house isn't very good for the podcast. We All have right. to do it's a terrible house. It's terrible. David, open the window. Go to the kitchen. Pull the blinds. Hit the switch. Pull the window to the left. We'll get some breeze, and it's going to be good. <laughs> all right. As long as we have some breeze. Uh, so, all right. This is off the rails. Yeah, this is off the rails. But they were sentenced to the community service, and uh, basically every single person who was involved was just like, well, don't do that without a professional again. And uh, Makutu liftings are still an accepted practice in New Zealand to this day. Interesting. So, yeah. I will. There's a case that I'm going to slightly cover a little bit later. Sounds good. And uh, I think they, they correlate in certain ways to the point that... Uh, any physical signs of possession in this case all seems to be legitimate physical abuse and not anything spiritual. Mm. That's kind of where I'm sitting, just hearing what was yeah. done. Yeah, well, the main thing to take away from this is that it's not solely uh, Abrahamic yeah, definitely. things that go from this. And also, if you don't know what you're doing, don't don't do it. Don't do, don't do that. Yeah, do not. Unless it's like, oh, I really want to learn the guitar or something like that. It's like, go yeah, ahead and try it. Do it. Do it. Yeah, you it's have to fun. Do it a bunch of times. But yeah, to you have to it. do it so many times. You have to learn the harmonica. You got to actually pick up the harmonica. <laughs> yeah, you need to actually have. <laughs> I have all Before of your harmonicas. Before he left, he gave us all his harmonicas. I, thought I gave that to you, man. They're in a shoe. They're in a shoebox at you Grant's were, house, but you didn't. You didn't. <laughs> uh, I like those back. So they're in a yeah, shoebox. We'll see. We'll see. That's but, yeah. okay. They're in a shoebox in a safe location. Yeah. So if uh, if you see any uh, sort of situation where you might need any sort of uh, exorcism or exorcism related thing, like a Makutu lifting, go to the professionals. Yes. And if the professionals tell you to do it yourself, maybe maybe he's not a professional. Maybe get a second. Or possibly a third opinion. That that would probably work. Multiple opinions is a very good thing. But yeah, this uh, the idea of demonic possession, at least in that sense, uh, possession from an outside force, uh, the oldest reference goes back to the Sumerians, if you Ooh. can believe it or not. They believed that uh, all diseases of the body and the mind were caused by sickness demons that they called Gidim. Or Gidjim. Get him! Get him! Um, go on, get! Go on, <laughs> get! The, the priest that uh, actually did these exorcisms for them, uh, the Sumerians, were called Ashipu, and uh, they were the sorcerers, as they were you know, commonly referred to as. And uh, the Asu, the physicians, did not technically do anything for them. And these are depicted on uh, cuneiform clay tablets. And there's actually even uh, pr- uh, prayer recitals on these tablets that uh, help drive these sickness demons out of the body. This isn't me giving you shit. This is me asking a genuine question. Is it cuneiform or cuneiform? Cause I don't, I've, I've, I've heard it both ways. I've heard it both ways, too. All right, I was just making sure. Uh, yeah, I don't know. 
Sumero Acadian cuneiform or cuneiform. I like cuneiform better. Say, yeah, that sounds that sounds more suave, you know. But um, but yeah, so that that goes all the way back. Obviously, uh, in Abrahamic religions and Catholicism, very heavily, uh, it's real or you know, the devil supposedly. Yeah. But uh, even Bud- uh, Buddhism has these things. Uh, they have like the embodiment of unskillful emotions. Like hate, greed, pride, delusion. They believe these to be demons. And then um, they also have 50 different types of skandha, which are demons that can possess practitioners. How about that? Practitioners specifically? I don't know. I think like practitioners of the religion. Ah, uh, alright. Yeah. And um, what they do in Buddhism the typical like possession by a demon would be they possess you and make you believe that you've achieved uh, achieved enlightenment but you actually have not thus tricking you into believing something false <laughs> how about that <laughs> how about yeah, that yes but yeah so we're going to go into a couple different things here okay and what we're going to do is we're going to talk about right now we're going to talk about Catholicism and their exorcism rite or Christianity My in a favorite. sense. Yeah, you know, the fun religion. <laughs> the one that everybody loves. Sure. But um actually there are two different types of exorcism in Christianity. Did you guys know that? I did not know no. that, no. No, no you didn't. <laughs> That's why I'm talking and you're not. <laughs> the minor rite of exorcism would be a preventative prayer and or something that would keep the demons at bay, such as a baptism is a form of exorcism. Really? Whoa. That is a I've minor been exercised. That's a minor form of exorcism. That's crazy. And then you get into the major rites of exorcism where uh, you start throwing up pea soup and masturbating with a crucifix. No, I'm kidding. You don't do that. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, in, in the movies, you do do that, just so everyone's aware. That's how it all works. <laughs> do do. <laughs> but um, in 1999, they actually the Catholic Church rewrote their uh, rites of exorcism because prior to that, all that they really looked into. What, what was this year? 1999. Okay. Before that, uh, the only test that they would run is to see if the symptoms were of melancholy or not, which now would be looking for depression, essentially. And while that is like a huge factor, they look for a lot more than that. And actually, uh, whenever you perform a exorcism that's sanct- uh, sanctioned by the Vatican, there is always a physician on hand. Because, obviously, things need medical attention like this. I mean, they're shaking around and doing fucked up shit. You need a doctor there. You know, you got to make sure everything's on the up and up. But, yeah, so, exorcism kind of, as we talked about, it spans, you know, a wide thing. Eh? You know, it's fucked up. It's weird. It's scary. But there's a few telltale signs. And uh, would you guys like to know what these signs are? Do it. Yeah. So the first step is typically a loss or lack of appetite. That's a that's number one. 
then it turns into cutting, scratching, and biting of your own skin. A constant presence of cold wherever the individual being affected is. And then you start getting into the crazy shit, right? I already thought the mm-hmm. second two were like, that was a big leap from just like, I'm not very hungry. Yeah. <laughs> then you get into the unnatural bodily or bodily positions and a change in the person's face or body. Typically... Oh, abnormal body positions? Yeah, typically like, 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 uh, twisting of the arms, arching of the spine, inverting of the muscles, so... Your Blair's head spinning. Uh, yeah, kind of thing. your arms could stretch the opposite way, like shoulders dislocated, necks twisted, legs and feet mm-hmm. fucked up, kind of like me. Okay. But anyways, <laughs> um, <laughs> then you get into uh, the the individual begins losing control of their normal personality, typically showing signs of anger and rage uh, at others, specifically. Religious items, in that matter. Then you get into the change in the voice. Typically, you get the guttural uh, Swedish death metal sound coming uh, out of an yes, individual. Yes. A 14-year-old girl that sounds like a 60-year-old that gargled bong water. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was that thing you were listening to earlier? Who, who's uh, What was the recording of that? Well, oh, yeah, that was Annalise Michelle. Ah, yes. I will right. discuss her in a little yeah, bit. Are we going to watch it? I mean, I'll play it for you after. I'm going to, believe it or not, guys, I don't post anything to our social media, but I'm going to post these recordings. Yeah. Because yeah. they're they're odd. They're very odd. <laughs> they're odd? <laughs> and then, um, <laughs> then you get into supernatural physical strength, such as, you know, moving things that you normally wouldn't be able to. Uh, speaking and understanding languages that had never been learned or heard before, typically Latin or like older dead languages that are weird to hear. Yeah. Uh, knowledge of things that are distant or hidden. Uh, prediction of future events, sometimes through dreams, sometimes through thoughts. Uh, levitation, potentially, potentially levitation. Uh, expelling of foreign objects from the body, creepier. What, like they just like throw up a ostrich egg? Like I don't know, just foreign things. Just a whole horse. Uh, t- sometimes <laughs> just a spatula comes out of your wrists like Spider Man. Like <laughs> sometimes, what happens is uh, the body will be it'll have burn marks or scars. Mm-hmm. That seemingly appear out of nowhere in the sign of words or letters. Is it possible to shit a literal brick? It could the be. foreign objects coming out of you? It could be. Maybe. Cool. That'd, that'd be cool. That'd be that cool. Would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> and it, that would work on so many levels. That would just... And then the big thing is antipathy towards entering a church, speaking Jesus' name, hearing scripture, or anything related to Jesus will essentially cause them to go into a fit of rage. Rage, pure rage. Okay. And that sounds all well and good, right? Sounds kind of spooky. But the reality of that is, uh, a lot of these situations, a lot of these, uh, what you would call symptoms, I guess, um, can be described with modern-day mental illness. Um, We know a lot about mental illness now. We still are learning every day about how these Mm. things work and how they affect you. Uh, funny enough, I actually just was reading about um, 
Graves' disease or Gray's disease. I'd, I'd never heard of it before. And it is a thyroid problem. And people that get it often visualize hallucinations. Oh, shit. And that is, it's not a mental illness and it's not demonic possession, but it can feel like both if the person has it. That's crazy. Yeah. So these things can occur. So you um, tripping balls when you're not, like, doing drugs at all. Yeah, exactly. That's crazy. And so think of it like this. You get a person that is born and bred into the idea of Christianity, and then something happens that's unexplained, and they begin to wonder if perhaps Satan is causing them to act this way. That's problem number one. Problem number two you approach somebody of authority in this field, typically a priest or a clergyman, and that person, either seeking you know fame, notoriety, or just attention for that matter, or just a fan of the grandiose and kind of wants to be in control, comes in, assesses the situation, and believes to themselves that this is the devil speaking. Now you have the perfect storm for a demonic situation, where that might not be the case. That can happen very often. So I wanted to put that out there now. Because a lot of times influence is a big part of demonic possession. And it might not be the case. But if you believe it to be. And the guy that is there to help you believes it to be. It's a shit show. Yeah. I can imagine. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'll, I'll get into some real stuff behind it. Some real encounters and possibly unexplained events. But, um, Jake, why don't we get into uh, another case, another little story here, before I get down to the details of all this nonsense. Nitty-gritty, yeah. Uh, yeah, the the next thing I'm going to be talking about is the case of Roland Doe, or Robbie Mannheim. Roland Doe. <laughs> Roland Doe. <laughs> was oh, he, my God, I didn't like even a, realize was that. He a baker? Is this guy like a pimp or something? Was no, he, it's, a, it's a pseudonym. But uh, <laughs> Was he, uh, wasn't, I believe, wasn't he the inspiration for The Exorcist? Yeah, he was, uh, yeah. That was 1949? It was in the late 40s, yeah, it was around 49. Okay, see, but, I know um, a few things. Yeah, man, it was the, it was the uh, inspiration for The Exorcist. And uh, it was a boy rather than a girl, but that's neither here nor there. So he was 14 years old in the uh, late 1400s, and uh, a Roman Catholic church uh, performed a series of exorcisms on him. So a little bit before that, he was born uh, in a German Lutheran family that lived in Cottage City, Maryland. Uh, He was an only child. So as an only child, he depended a lot on adults uh, to be like his playmates around the house, you know. And one of the main ones was his Aunt Harriet, who was a spiritualist, and she actually introduced him to the Ouija board, which he got into quite heavily. Where, if you've ever seen the movie, he talks to one of my favorite characters in any film of all time, Captain Howdy. I <laughs> love that guy. Captain Howdy. You remember that? You remember the, the flash images in The Exorcist, the face? I've never seen The Exorcist. Oh, that's a good movie, shitting me? dude. <laughs> no. I've probably seen that movie like fifty-seven times. I've watched. It's just been like one in the morning, and I'm just at the house, just like I want to watch The Exorcist, and I just watch it, and then I and freak it gets out. Every single time. <laughs> it does. It gets fucking hilarious. Yeah. So. <laughs> So yeah, he uh, he played with uh, his playmate was Aunt Harriet, and she introduced him to the Ouija board. 
He got really into it, right? So after his uh, Aunt Harriet died, the family apparently started to experience uh, strange voices around the house, uh, furniture moving and objects levitating when the boy was around, Mr. Rolandale. And uh, so the family contacted the Lutheran pastor, Luther Miles Schultz, and uh, he actually arranged the boy to, for the boy to uh, spend a night at his house so he could observe him. Interesting. Which is a bit straight. That's not okay. But it happened. These things happen. So uh, the pastor had a long interest in, a long lasting interest in uh, parapsychology. And he supposedly, while he was spending the night, while uh, Roland Doe was spending the night at the pastor's house. Roland, <laughs> Roland Doe. <Doobies. Doobies. laughs> Roland Doobies. But Yeah, so after, uh, after, like, all right. So Roland was spending the night at the pastor's house, right? And the That's pastor. Just... <laughs> that is just a fucking concoction of evil right there. I know, that's what I'm saying, man. That's, oh. It's not good. That's funny. But it's supposedly, funny, while but that was happening, <laughs> um, the pastor witnessed strange events. Yeah, and, uh, I bet he did. <laughs> I bet you he had to probe for some information. <laughs> he kept saying no. But uh, <laughs> oh, God. so he recommended that the family contact a Catholic priest. Get the, get the, get the Catholic priest over here, too. <laughs> <laughs> Join him in the party. Hey, hey, yeah. you know, let's get the other priest over here. Anybody got there, Michael Jackson's phone number? There are a lot. <laughs> Michael's yeah, dead. Big fucking party. Oh, there are so many priests in this Dead story. Just wait. <laughs> All off the naked body. Other things. Rolling no. That dude. That's why that's his suit. Never mind. Never no, mind. no, no. Yeah. <laughs> let's 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 not go this far. But <laughs> no, keep it going. Keep it going. No, that's enough. We're on a rolling though. Um. Yeah. So is that priest. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> that's it. That's my last. All right. One. Cool. All right. So, uh, so yeah, the Lutheran priest uh, recommended that the family contact a Catholic priest, and so Roman Catholic priest Edward Hughes conducted a uh, an exorcism on Roland. At the Georgetown University Hospital, and during this uh, during this exorcism, uh, Roland allegedly got his hand free from a restraint. There are restraints involved in this, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> the safe word is "I love Jesus." <laughs> they picked that because take that, you demon. <laughs> they picked that because Satan would never say you that. Demon boy. See, I said I was done, but I wasn't. It just no, keeps no, coming it's, back. It's just, it's just fuel. All throughout, but uh, so he got his hand free from a restraint, and he broke a bed spring uh, from the mattress. Oh, I'm sure, there's many bed springs. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are fucking How can you? This is like uh, this, is this is just easy. It's it's almost too easy. You can't keep setting up the pins and be mad when I'm knocking them down. I'm not mad you know? at all, man. I'm just telling the story there. All right, oh, so yeah. child abuse is not funny. <laughs> it's not, but... <laughs> but uh, this was in the 40s, so <laughs> no one knew about so it. it's okay. <laughs> it was the way things were. But, uh, yeah, so the, he broke <laughs> a bed spring. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that excuse in real life multiple times. That's just the way things were. What, were you hanging out with a priest? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, the more I'm looking at it through this scope, the, the like grosser it kind of gets. Because 
<laughs> he tried. He, he like slashed the priest's arm, and that stopped the exorcism. But it yeah. calmed down. Now it just sounds like he was just like defending well, himself. Wine coolers. It stopped the sexorcism. Hey, scratcher, boys. <laughs> Hold them down tight. Have more next of this communion wine. Oh god! Holy shit! This is <laughs> fucked up. This is fucked up. But all right. So during the exorcism, he allegedly got his hand free from the restraint. Uh, he broke the bed spring from the mattress and slashed the priest's arm open, and which was stopped the exorcism at that time. So, the family went to St. Louis, where Roland's cousin contacted a bishop and priest William S. Uh, Bowdern, and uh, who came to visit him and witnessed the bed shaking and objects flying around, <laughs> Roland speaking in guttural voices. <laughs> and having an aversion to sacred things. Like the holy dildo. <laughs> that one wasn't even good. <laughs> was... I laughed. I laughed. So, yeah. That and, feels uh, terrible for Rolling Doe. Rolling Doe. And uh, pastors and a little boy. And, his and a thought, shaking why bed. Why is there a bed shaking? That would be a fucking red flag right there. Bed shaking, <laughs> objects flying around, Roland speaking in a guttural voice. And, he's uh, saying, he had no, an aver- please stop. <laughs> and he had an aversion to sacred things. Bowdern then received permission from the archbishop to perform another exorcism, which took place at the Alexian Brothers uh, Hospital in South St. Louis, Missouri. That was the second one. All right. There's another one if we can get through it. <laughs> no. I don't know if Roland uh, can keep taking these pounds. No, you're, you're fucking right. All right. So a third exorcism took place with the assistance of two other priests. Jesus. And this one took Hey, Bill. <laughs> Walter Holleran and uh, William Von Roo. <laughs> Hey, Bill, I heard there's an easy one down the street. Todd and Jim already got to him plenty of times. Oh, God. The fourth exorcism took place in a basement. You know, yeah, all right. So, the par- <laughs> as this was happening, the third exorcism, uh, Holloran claimed that the words evil and hell. Uh, <laughs> and hard, yeah. Evil and hell <laughs> appeared on Roland's body. It looks like Grant was talking about earlier. It was like it burns in the shapes of uh, uh, letters. Oh, God. And uh, during the litany of the saints, the, the litany of the saints portion of the ritual, the bed began shaking violently, and Roland also broke uh, <laughs> Holleran, Holleran's nose during the process. And uh, <laughs> it's not. And, and you know what? After that, supposedly, Roland uh, went on to lead a normal life. Yeah, yeah right. right. <laughs> this guy got fucked by eight. Man, that whole story, like all those, all the, all the I hope horrible... people got like information from that. I will. Like, I just went this. through the whole like exorcisms, like inspiration story and all we talked about was fucking priests fucking little boys is this guy still alive we're gonna feel real bad all the uh it's a pseudonym we don't know who the guy is all the horrible jokes aside that is like a very intense story it is dude and all these people witnessed all these things happening around roland like things flying through the air and his bed shaking and like it was insane and um 
Yeah, I guess what people don't understand about uh, these major exorcisms, as they're called through the ritual Romanum, the Roman ritual of exorcisms, uh, they can last like months, even years sometimes, to get this to work. And uh, I'll kind of talk about, I'll talk about that now. So I've been reading a lot of things from experts, uh, medical experts, uh, people that deal with this at, uh, legitimately and like work through possession cases. And um, what I find interesting is that uh, the, the point was brought, not to me personally, but through an argument was brought that uh, if you believe in God, if you believe in the Bible and you follow that, the name of Jesus Christ, uh, like I read in that Bible passage, Jesus can cast out demons just by using his name because he is the almighty power, correct? So that sounds about right, yeah. If that's the case, then the priest is the vessel of God on earth. That is his job. Mm-hmm. So when the priest gets the proper permission and says, in the name of Jesus, be gone, in a perfect world, that should cast out the demon because that is the closest you can get to talking to Jesus, is through the priest. Like, through his name, yeah. And sometimes it doesn't work that way, which often leads people to believe that they're all fabrications, they're not real, blah, blah, blah. I kind of tend to disagree. Um, There are cases, I mean, there's thousands of documented cases of this happening, and I'm sure, you know, 3% of them are real or legitimate in that matter. But there are cases of... Uh, 90 pound teenage girls that are tied to a bed and get one hand loose and throw a priest that weighs 250 pounds across the room. No problem. Big priest. And like... (laughs) What? (laughs) I don't know if you guys understand the math on that. That shouldn't happen. That'd be the equivalent of a baby picking up a teenager and just whipping them like a shot put. Wow. Yeah, it it, it yeah. wouldn't happen. So, you, so Jesus, all he had to do was like say his name, and the demon would be out. Pretty much, because I mean, he's Jesus, you know. You think that'd be like the origin of like you know how you see something crazy like on the street, and you're just like Jesus Christ. That's probably where it originated from, you know. Like some guys walking up to Jesus, acting all crazy and possessed, and he's just like, oh Jesus Christ, and it's just somehow just, the demon just disappears. Maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe when people say Jesus Christ, it's like, get that thing out of there. <laughs> now. Put that thing back where it came from. You see a homeless peeing. dude peeing on your school building. You're like, like, Jesus Christ! And then he stops peeing and walks away. Yep. Now, there is a point that I would like to raise to you that might actually, uh, I don't know, make things a little bit more interesting, shall it? So, if you want to get real here, the idea of the devil or a demon possessing an individual would be to corrupt the souls of the living to collect them for hell so that they do not go to heaven, right? Yeah, sounds good. If you're familiar with how religion operates, if you want to go to hell, you have to willingly disavow God. And willingly is the term there. So in the cases of Rolando... Um, <laughs> it sounds so stupid if it's said fast. He oh, did not. Roland Doe. It's Roland Doe. Roland Doe did not willingly let Satan into his body. Therefore, 
upon his death would not go to hell if possessed by Satan. So uh, there's an expert, and he compares individuals to koi pots. And what he says is that why would you take one koi pot and hope that you could have that in your house when you could take one another koi pot that can collect thousands of koi pots for you to have? So, wait. Can you say that? How again? are clay pots collecting other clay pots? Well, you'll see this in a minute. I just don't understand. The spirit, <laughs> the spirit of God and the spirit of the devil would be able to metaphorically enter these koi pots. Okay. So if he were to enter an individual koi pot and call it a day, that's a one and done. If we'll, we'll use candy, how about that? That'll compare it better for you guys. If you could have, <laughs> no. was that a fat joke? What are you doing? <laughs> if you guys I'm could, totally lost on this. All right, okay, David, let's use shapes for you guys. <laughs> if David, you have three cupcakes, uh, <laughs> David, take two away. <laughs> David, how many cupcakes? What's your favorite? Possess. What's your favorite candy bar? Snickers. Snickers, good choice. Hands down. So Snickers. let's say you have one Snickers bar, uh-huh. right? You could have that one Snickers bar, yeah. or you could take a magical Snickers bar that just creates thousands of Snickers bars that you could just own. Uh-huh. Which one would you take? I still don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I would, uh, I guess, the multiple Snickers The magical bars. Snickers. Probably the magical Snickers, right? So that, this goes into <laughs> the idea. Wow. The <laughs> like the ones in the commercials that turn celebrities into normal people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So this goes into human beings. What about rolling dough? If you're the devil and you want to collect your souls, yeah. why would you take one individual rolling dough uh-huh. when you could take somebody who would turn thousands of people towards your legion? So like you'd possess, say, a politician or something. Yeah. So basically, someone, someone who, power. who has power and, and like can influence people yeah. and they feed on the weakest link. Contrary, yeah. or, uh, this is con- why I didn't understand the pots. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like weird. these pots are recruiting other pots. <laughs> not, <laughs> I guess, not contrary. But uh, what some a lot of people might not know. Uh, I'm gonna butcher this name here because it's super hard. Jesus, <laughs> I know that one and that one and that one. Those two. Um, his real name, Pope Pius the the twelfth. Uh, his real name was Eugenio Maria Giuseppe Giovanni Pacelli. Opa. You did not butcher that at all. That was beautiful. Pope Pius Twelfth. It was believed that Hitler was possessed by the devil. Mm. And I see that. Uh, That's probably... Pope Pius yeah. actually sanctioned multiple remote exorcisms on the soul of Hitler. So remote exorcisms. Remote exorcisms. that didn't work. Remote exorcisms being they obviously were not in yeah, the room with Hitler. Yeah, he wasn't with Hitler, with Hitler right? Like, they were just praying in the name of Hitler that Satan would leave his body. Oh. And this goes back to what I was the point I was trying to make, which I did uh, so eloquently that it made tons of sense. Why would you take Roland Dill, who's one fucking kid, or you could take Hitler, who would turn thousands, if not millions, of people. Into the eyes of Satan. It's simple, Grant. You have to practice. If you're a demon, you have to practice being like controlling other humans. You probably have to had to practice possessing people so many times in order to make uh, one other that powerful person from being possessed to be look somewhat normal. Well, like, potentially, all these, all these lower class like possessions 
they're all going crazy. They're throwing shit around, just acting all crazy. It wasn't maybe after like a hundred of those lesser possessions that Hitler would be the hundredth one, and then he'd be totally normal looking, talking normal. So he's kind of he's like, like refined his craft. Yeah, it's that practicing. Kind of yeah, it's that practicing. might be, or like when it comes to like the timeline, uh, Roland Doe like became uh, supposedly possessed like a couple years after Hitler died. No, I'm so maybe I I know it's I know what you're saying, but what I'm saying is like maybe that was his vacation was Roland Doe yeah. after that big uh, that big successful in the devil's eyes uh, or, little little thing he had going with Hitler. Or there's just multiple demons, different. There's probably multiple demons. demons. Yeah, more powerful demons, more lesser powerful demons. But no, that's something to chew on, something yeah, to mull let's over. Chew it. Then okay, uh, in Catholicism, this is just a little more information for you guys. Uh, there are six steps into becoming fully possessed. Number one would be possession, in which Satan or a demon takes uh, possession of an individual's body without their knowledge or consent. So that is where the person becomes morally blameless, as I've stated before. Then uh, step two would be obsession, which would include sudden attacks of irrationally obsessive thoughts, usually culminating in suicidal ideation and typically nightmares, things of that nature. Then, part three would be oppression, in which there is no loss of consciousness or involuntary action, such as in the biblical book of Job, in which Job was tormented by a series of misfortunes in business, family, and health. You know what I'm saying? You following me, asshole? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Number four. External physical pain caused by Satan or the demon in question. Five, infestation, in which things can affect the house, things, or animals in and around the location. And then number six would be subjection, in which the person voluntarily submits to Satan or the demon possessing them, therefore making them morally obligated to follow Satan. Interesting. Those are the six steps in how these things typically unfold. Steps or different various ways it could happen? Well, that, it's, according to them, that would be the timeline if it's left unchecked. Okay. So like, That's right. like how it would go. Yeah. It starts... Not, phases of possession. Possessions. Yeah. It starts with the possession, then it goes into like bad thoughts, mental change, then it goes into physical change and pain, then it starts affecting things in the house... And then after so long, boom, like, he owns you. You're his. Yeah. You've turned over to him because of all the pain caused by it. So theoretically, Roland Doe was uh, pretty much on the fifth. If, yeah, if anything. If things were just moving around and it was infecting things around him. If anything, he was teetering on the last step. Which, to be fair, I don't think the last step can even really be called the last step because it typically doesn't go that far. Yeah. And if it does, there's no way of saying how that ends because it would end like in death. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a blurred line at the the last step, but typically within Catholicism, death that's where it's believed the to host go. Or yeah. death of people around him as well. The host. Would the demon probably tell him to kill like people in the house as well if they decide to live with it, you know? Typically not, I would say, but I guess you never know. Everything there are people who try to get away with that kind of thing as an excuse, like in yeah. Amity- Amityville, yeah. like that kind of thing. And then this is, uh, I'll go into how it's very broken down into numbers here. It's all, funny enough, they're all six steps, a little uh, little Satan. How many mentioned? sets of six? 
I've only got two. Damn it. We need to <laughs> find the third so it's actually cool. Um, obviously, the, no two exorcisms are the same. There's no saying that there's like a formula to how they go because, I mean, it's a fucking demonic possession. There's no way of knowing how it's going to unfold. But typically, they unfold into six stages that are broken down by the church. So what that would be is number one would be the presence. The exorcist and his assistants become aware of an alien feeling or entity. That would be, essentially, they've been granted clearance and they're like, all right, something fishy's happening here. Mm-hmm. The number two would be the pretense. Attempts by the evil spirit to appear and act as the victim, to be seen as one and the same person. Then the exorcist's job is to break this pretense and find out who the demon really is, typically finding the name because that's where the source of power is laid. Mm-hmm. If you know what the name is, Jesus can help you out. Much like with like black magic and things. Like yeah. If you know the person's name, then that you have dominion over them. Yes. Then step three would be the break point. The breakpoint is where the pretense collapses, the name is given, and this typically happens with a scene of extreme panic and confusion followed by pain and a crescendo of abuse, horrible sights, noises, and smells, and sometimes even evacuation of the bowels and bladder of the individual. Uh, The demon begins to speak of the possessed victim in the third person instead of itself. So now is when you're talking to the demon directly, the host, I guess, as you'd call it, would be nowhere to be found. Just physically there, not the mentally. Recesses of their body, basically, yes. not in control. Then number four would be the voice. This is the sign of the breakpoint. The voice is inordinately disturbing and humanly distressing babble. So it begins speaking in tongues, and then the demon's voice must be silenced for the exorcism rites to proceed. Number five is where you get the clash, not the band. I was going to say, that's, that's kind of cool. Um, <laughs> They're just involved all the time. As the voice begins to die out and the procedure begins to move forward, there is a tremendous pressure, both spiritual and physical. The demon collides with the will of the kingdom of God, and the exorcist, locked in battle with the demon, urges the entity to reveal more information about itself. This is where it gets a little tricky. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen movies or read anything about demons. Uh, they're not very honest. That's why they're demons. They lie. Why must you lie? <laughs> um, pain is the cleanser. <laughs> yeah, pain is the cleanser. But uh, the more information that the the priest can get from the demon, the stronger the priest can become in fighting it. And then the sixth step would be expulsion, the final will and fight where the demon would be expelled from the body of the individual. And obviously this is, uh, expulsion is the longest step. Uh, Typically the presence, the pretense, and the breakpoint are done upon the first exorcism performed. That's what they go for. And then from there, it's just seeing how long the demon will fight. And like I said, it can last up to a year. And uh, usually by the end of that time, sometimes even longer, uh, they can get it out if it doesn't kill the host first. And this is the case in Annalise Michelle. If you've ever seen the movie The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Dude, I was trying to find that last night 
on like a streaming service or something because I like looked up like uh, I have it. I have really? it. Yeah, I own it. Damn it. <laughs> It's a good movie. Uh, Dude, I, when that movie came out, I watched it like with my parents, and they were like, this movie's stupid. And I don't know, I was like 10 or something, and I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> but um, I don't know, have you ever seen Dexter? I love that show. Yeah. Uh, his sister plays Emily Rose. Uh, it's based on Annalise Michelle. And without going too in-depth, uh, she was born in 1952 in Germany, um, she died at the age of 23, not too much longer after her birth. And uh, she was a very smart person, very uh, attentive to mass. She would go twice a week, blah, blah, blah. As things began to happen, uh, she went to college at the University of Würzburg. And uh, her classmates realized that she was uh, withdrawn and very religious as she started. And then as time went on, she noticed that uh, she could not handle being around anything religious. Uh, she would actually get very sick if she went into the church and kind of turned away from the church itself. Uh, anything that had to do with holy items, things of that nature, would cause her great pain, both mentally and physically sometimes. And uh, it all reached... Uh, a breaking point in 1970. And what happened here is uh, she started suffering from seizures. They believed it was epilepsy. They didn't know. Um, she was started on drugs and um, she was just, I don't know, they were trying to keep it at bay. So she went home. She stayed at home and her parents kept an eye on her. Uh, then it became worse. By 73, she began hallucinating and praying, and she was hearing voices and seeing hallucinations of demonic faces uh, flash in her eyes. And she was all but turned away from God. She couldn't do anything remotely related to church. It would just fucking push her over the edge. Hmm. So then they called in the priest, Ernest Alt. And... um. He didn't believe it at first. He thought, this is not true. She's lying. As time went on, um, they realized that, wow, something is happening here. Uh, she was tr she was put on mood stabilizers, antipsychotic drugs, a bunch of different shit to try and fix it. None of it helped. She had lost over 90 pounds by uh, the next year. She was bedridden, covered in sores, and... Uh, I guess not to be rude, but uh, disgusting looking. Okay, Matt, <laughs> Matt, are you, Matt, are you here? Are you looking at me? Yeah. Are you ready for this comparison photo? Oh God! All right, here. Come here. We get a look at this. That was her, and that was her after. Is she dead? No, she's alive in that photo. Jesus Christ! How about that? How much did she we'll lost? Ninety pounds from the first photo. I'm gonna post that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's her. She looks like she's from The Walking Dead. Yeah. 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 This uh, disgusting is an um. She actu actually broke uh, her knees multiple times Ugh. because of genuflections. Which what yeah, that they, is? Uh, what are those? That is where you bend it the opposite direction. Oh. And uh, her body was usually contorted. Whenever the priest would arrive, she was in ungodly, inhuman positions. And she began speaking in a guttural voice, 
which I played a little bit for you guys earlier. I'll share yeah, the was, tapes online terrifying. also. And um, all these things uh, came to an end with her death in 1976. Now, I'll say this. Um, what did she die of? Just starving to Malnutrition. death. Malnutrition? Starving gotcha. to death. Um, I guess what's kind of hard to pinpoint here is the reality of the case. Now, what I didn't know prior to all this uh, was that something before, uh, or not, I don't know, what am I saying? I can't even think. Pretty much what we're dealing with here. <laughs> something that actually can affect people in this manner is obsessive compulsive disorder. If you have an extreme case of OCD, a lot of these symptoms can be applied to you. Same with schizophrenia, depression, anxiety, uh, bipolar, dissociative personality disorder, or identity disorder, sorry. And um, a lot of experts actually looked at this case, and after her death there was a trial because uh, they wanted to make sure that everything was legal, right? And they didn't really know what to say because, I mean, let's face it, it was kind of fucked up, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody got in trouble, but it was, after they evaluated everything, they sadly realized that a lot of her uh, fractures, a lot of her wrist bruises, uh, the malnutrition, that was all due to physical abuse, not the devil. Really? Those were all done because... As I said before, she was suffering from epilepsy, they believed, and they had her restrained for over three months while they were working on exorcisms, and she would have convulsions while she was tied down, thus cracking her wrists, her ankles, her knees, Yikes. and Jesus. that was not by the devil, that was all physical done to her through her own epilepsy and her parents tying her down. Jesus. Um... Another thing that made a lot of people, actually even priests to that matter, say that this was a farce was that when they did the steps of the demonic possession, the ones that I've uh, aforementioned where they come out and say what their name is, the voice, you know, you guys want to take a guess at uh, who she was possessed by? There's six people. Take uh, a guess. Uh... uh, uh... Oh, five. Sorry, there's five. Oh, five. that changes everything. Um, Zozo. Zozo, one. Zozo is a... Ivan a, the Terrible. Zozo is not uh, a real demon, and guys. Four horsemen. No. <laughs> there, yeah. you want, you want me to tell you? Do it. Lucifer. Okay. Yeah. Cain. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Judas Iscariot. Wow. Hitler. Uh-huh. And Nero. What? <laughs> Who's Nero? Really? The Emperor... Nero, the one the Catholics hated? I don't know. No? no? All right, come on. Yeah. Fuck you, David. Right, you don't know anything. He was the uh, the last Roman emperor of the Julio-Claudian Empire, or what, how do you say that? Yeah, you didn't just read that off the screen, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, I did. Fuckhead. Um, well, that's just, uh, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of guys. That was a big thing that made them think it was false. I'm also sorry if this is going to spoil the movie for you. But it happened in real life, so... Yes, uh, this all ended in 76, as I said, when she died. And according to her, uh, the Virgin Mary came to her in a vision 
and told her that she had two choices. She could either follow the Virgin Mary right now to her death mm. and come to heaven, mm. or she could stay on earth and continue living with these demons inside of her uh-huh. and be an example for Jesus on earth. And she was Jesus on earth at this time? No, no, no. But what she, do you mean an example? She would essentially be an example that God is real, that demons mm. are real, that Satan is real, that this shit can happen, and that all of this is not just some game. So she was like, all right, you can die without it being suicide, so you'll go to heaven. Yeah. Or you can be basically the craziest martyr ever to have existed. Damn. And she chose the martyr route. And stayed on earth, suffering, going through exorcisms, until her death of malnutrition in 76. So how long more did she live for after that vision? About four months. That's not bad. Now. That's not <laughs> great, dude. <laughs> now, I was saying it was like for like years and years or something. Now, what is to be said about this case? Um, I don't know if you guys realize the date correlation with these but all of these symptoms began showing after the exorcist came out in theaters after the biggest movie about possessions made its debut rosemary's baby was already out for a couple years making its way around the globe as a sensation the exorcist hits the theaters and magically she is suffering from demonic possession did she see the movies? Their record for actually going. I don't know. This movie? No one knows. Mm. There well, aren't credit I mean, cards. Mm. Even so, I mean, it's like, all right, well, there's movies made about it, sure, but I don't know. Like it, the one that uh, that I discussed with uh, uh, Roland Doe. Like, I mean, that was pretty. That was before that. Now it inspired it. The really sad news here is that the bishop that granted the exorcism was sent to jail. For six months. For, six months? <laughs> for uh, invol- involuntary manslaughter due to negligence. Sure. And what well, he... What do? What he said... He didn't feed her. The, all the evidence came out, and what had happened was that the parents did not notify the church of her mental health conditions. Ooh. So yeah. they were unaware that anything was wrong with her mentally. And during the trial, it all came out. The things she had, the drugs she was on, what they were fighting what they were looking for, and they didn't, They were completely unaware, and he was suspended from his position and sent to prison. Huh. Definitely probably had to do with the 1999 change of uh, rules of engagement when it comes to yes. exorcism, eh? Yeah. And then uh, John M. Duffy, who is an expert on this, uh, he says that while this case remains interesting, it is simply a misidentification of mental illness. And what I find interesting is uh, John Duffy. I've actually read a lot of stuff about him. He is a devout Catholic, but he's also very quick to say that these things are false and fabricated, uh-huh. which I don't know, I find very interesting. But um, something very uh, interesting is after all this happened, uh, the church became very reluctant to grant exorcisms to anybody. Well, yeah, they got a bishop in jail. Because this was all public. This was on television. This was on the news. And when she died and they found out that it was all nothing more than a horrible misunderstanding, they were, everything was fucked, right? They were just like, this is not good. 
and um what the fuck well but um what (laughs) you weren't even trying to think of something as i've said the catholic church uh typically does not grant exorcisms but with that being said in every diocese across the globe there is someone trained in the art of exorcism that is capable and available to go in case something is to happen and Again, I I like the movie Demon House, but something about that movie with, that with Zach Bay. yeah yeah something that stood out to me. If you've seen it and you remember the scene where they performed the exorcism on that girl, mm. before you can do that, you have to get clearance not only from the local diocese, you also have to get clearance from the Vatican itself. Because and then they have special men to come out and deal with that shit. They keep it very tight-lipped, and they're very, 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 very not willing to call it an exorcism because of cases like Annalise, where things like this unfold, and then they become liable for the death of somebody that actually had an illness that they were not aware of. Yeah, that's not very Christian. So that is a big problem. But with all this being said... um. There are a lot of people, both uh, doctors and priests, that do this for a living, that are essentially, I guess, what you would call the warrens of exorcisms, where when these cases are brought to the table, they are called out to both uh, check them physically, mentally, and spiritually, and make sure everything's okay. And as I stated in the beginning, I never believed in any of this, but after reading about these experiences and some of these things that happen, it's hard to deny it. It really is. And I'm not saying that I believe in, like, the the bearded, robed God hanging out in, like, a throne. But there's some shit going on. Yeah. Because I mean, it doesn't come from nowhere. There are cases of people speaking in uh, backwards Latin speaking in languages that are long dead, like from before our time. speaking in multiple languages in the same sentences. Uh, Like I said earlier with uh, the weight, people that weigh under 100 pounds easily picking up 200-pound objects and throwing them across the room, that's not normal. Uh, In some of these cases, uh, the contortion that's done is not... you, You cannot break your own bones and lay there comfortably. But in some cases, that's exactly what happens. Yeah. And, I don't know, there's a lot of shit, and this is one of those things where there's, let's say for every hundred cases that are brought to the table, there's probably .001% of them that are real. So one in every 10,000 of these cases are legitimate. But that's enough. It's enough to turn some heads. It is. And, um, yeah, like I said, this is also not just, I mean, we focused heavily on Christianity only because, I mean, it's the most notable nowadays. Yeah, I mean, that's where all the the films are made, and that's, so it's just in the mainstream. But, I mean, you have Mormons, they believe in exorcism. Uh, Hindus believe in exorcism. Islam, they believe in exorcisms. Uh, Judaism, they have exorcisms. And Taoism, they have exorcisms. Really? And all of these things, they they share their own kind of unique sense of what a demon is. In our case, for this episode, we were talking a lot about Satan. Mm -hmm. 
but the idea of a foreign entity controlling you is not new, and it certainly is not going to go away. And it, I know it's kind of terrifying. Yeah. Where do you guys sit on this? After all this wacky information presented, where are you guys hanging out on this pinpoint of demonic possession? Well, I'm sure, just like we were saying, I'm sure there's there's real cases. Yeah. And a lot of these things that we've been looking into are just kind of, well, that's fucking weird. There's always there's always at least one or two things that can't be explained by some sort of trickery or something like that. Yes. Like, there's always at least something that's like, all right, that cannot be explained. So there has to be something to it somewhere. You're damn right. I am damn right. David, how about you? I'm probably in the same position I was in the beginning of the episode, to be honest with you. You got to see it? Yeah, I have to see it, man. I hope you never have to see it. (laughs) And, uh, like, with the whole language... Uh, how they speak different languages or like dead languages or whatever. Mm. Maybe during all their little spasms or whatever, whatever's wrong with them mentally or physically, let it be that epilepsy or that uh, schizophrenia or whatever. If there's, a, if there's a bunch of things wrong with you, maybe that certain mixture of those diagnosis of things happening in your brain, maybe that certain mixture just unlocks something that hasn't been unlocked before in a normal human. Maybe they just went back in time or something. I don't know. That's crazy. <laughs> that is insane. But, I mean, yeah, we do only use, like, what, 10% of our brain? Something Maybe like if you it. unlock a certain yeah. part, you can just, can like, just, like... That is a fallacy. That's a fallacy. I don't know. That's a fallacy. It just... Oh, calling things fallacies just makes me think well, of that gorilla song. You know what, the, you know what the technical term is for that? Or not term, what the actual percentage of that is? What? We use 100% of our brain... But we only use ten percent at a time. Ten percent at a time, yeah. Oh well. Like when they when they say like, oh, you only use ten percent of your brain. No, you use all of it. But like when you sleep, you use a different part of your brain. When you're exercising, yeah. you use a different part. When you're relaxing, you use a different part of your brain. Yeah. They're all available to you. You just don't use it all at once, or else you'd fucking sleep all the time. Mm. Georgie, that- where Georgie, where are you at in this situation? What's coming out of you? Um. Let's just say if it is real, if it is real, if it is real, I don't want to know about it. Maybe a little selfish, <laughs> maybe a little selfish, but I mean, I got my own problems. I don't need to see that shit. I mean, come on. So when we ask you, like, is this real? You're like, well, it can fuck off either way, basically. <laughs> basically. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm like David. I'm 50-50. I'm a seer believer, uh, but... You know, everyone can't be bullshitting. Same thing with UFOs and Bigfoot. I mean, I don't think everyone out there saying is a liar, but I'm sure it could happen, but uh, I don't want to know about it. <laughs> Keep it away from me. Now they'll be a little coming. selfish. They'll be coming but... for you now. Now yeah. that we recorded <laughs> well, this hour and a half according to all you podcast guys, about <laughs> it in your house, according to you, you don't want to know about it? I already have a ghost. Well, you I do. Mean, he doesn't bother me if, <laughs> if he's chilling. I got Guffy to protect me. He's pretty cool. Guffy but, uh, is a vacuum. But he's a cool one. <laughs> yeah, for those of you unaware, Guffy is Matt's knockoff Roomba. But who he keeps claiming is his roommate. Uh, and he, he just, is he, my roommate. But he he cleans up after himself. What else can he ask for? You can Fair. Have pay rent. Uh, it's but uh, 
but yeah, so that is the basic, basic, basic overview of demonic yeah, possession. Yeah, there's so much we didn't touch, but those were some things we felt we should talk about here in the spooky month of October. Yeah, there's I got a lot. A, a fun question if we're ending this or anything. What's like, that? What is your favorite depictions from like movies or television of oh. like the possessions or like the devil or whatever? Do you have any favorites? Um, you like to share? If I had to say, well, yeah, f- comedy-wise, scary movie too. <laughs> but yeah. um, honestly, I'm an I'm an exorcist guy. That's that's my shit. I think that is like the supreme being of exorcism movies. None will ever compare to that in my eyes. Only because they try to make it so much like creepier in other movies. When the reality is, it's like the scary part is the like when will this end you know the scary part isn't like oh my god no not the movie i have to pee (laughs) not the movie you fucking chodes just call us chodes yeah (laughs) the the fucking you've never called us chodes in your life the scary part of those movies is like why like why won't this stop like not the movie the possession But, like, in other movies, especially, like, new movies worth possessions, it's like, she looks so creepy and, like, her eyes are all fucked up. It's like, no, that's not scary. It's like, the scary part is, like, what the fuck? How do we stop this? And, I don't know, that's, like, what The Exorcist is all about. It's just, like, two and a half hours of this girl just suffering and them, like, we've tried it all. Like, what do we do now? We're going to have to kill her. There's nothing else we could do. Um, Georgie left the room. I think he's taking his pants off. I don't. I guess I don't really know. I think movies, at least contemporary movies, I love The Conjuring and things like that. Yeah, but I do not like their depiction of demonic possession, Mm. only because it's so like cliche Hollywood, like spooky strength monster. I mean, where did the cliche come from? Probably from movies like like The Exorcist. Yeah, it did. You know? They all so try like, to compete. It, it's like, so man. is it cliche or is it just like a, I don't know. I think it's all about, to me, it's or, all mean, about it presentation. Cliche, it's like, but... uh, uh, like unique takes, like different unique takes on different, uh, on that same subject. Like I thought, I just recently watched The Witch. I thought that was a pretty unique take on like. Oh, on Netflix? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought oh, that was pretty unique. And then uh, the one movie we all watched, it was a Heredity. Thought that was a hereditary. Pretty, yeah, hereditary. Yeah. I think that was a pretty that meme, unique, unique taste on it. That was really cool. Yeah. No, that, that was a hereditary. Again, I, I'm sure we've mentioned it before, but I can't recommend that movie enough. It's it's outstanding. And Midsummer. I don't know if you guys have seen Midsummer, but oh my god, dude, that director. I I don't even know his name. I really should, but that director mm-hmm. is amazing. You guys need to see Midsummer. Mm, no, no, I'm kidding. Fuck you. I'm kidding. Jake, do you have a favorite? Uh, I can't really say. I mean, I would probably have to go with Grant with The Exorcist just because it's like the classic and I don't know. They all kind of blend together like you were saying with the cliche sort of thing, but like they all do a pretty good job of depicting that. Just making their own twist so, on it. Yeah, putting their own twist on it. But yeah, I mean, The Exorcist is an amazing movie and I'd probably say that too. Yeah, that, The Exorcist is in my top five favorite movies of all time. I think it's outstanding, and it's creepy enough, but it's, I don't know, maybe just because I'm, like, old enough and familiar with horror movies to not be, like, horrified by it, 
But I could see how that movie could fucking be terrifying for some people. Because it's, yeah. I mean, hey, if you oh, yeah, dude, if I, you're religious, man, that shit'll fuck you over. Yeah, dude, I told my mom that we were doing this uh, this topic. Mm-hmm. She was like, oh, I don't think you guys should really be touching that sort of information. But I, I mean, go ahead. I'm not gonna listen to it, but. She hates like demons. It's dude. It's, she she's she was very freaked out by that and Hellraiser. It's like one of those things, man. It's like, what do you do? You know, what do you do? What you, do you do? Wh- how, I don't, who do you call? Do you do the Ghostbusters aren't real, so no, who do yeah, you call? Maybe, maybe, no. Matt, do you have a favorite depiction of possession or the devil in movies or cinema? Jesus <laughs> Christ, so sorry. Uh, not really. If I'd have to pick anything about the devil. <laughs> Which I don't even think he was considered the devil, but it was an episode of the Lost Tapes. Is that what the show was called? With all the oh yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. And there was the one of like the Horseman, <laughs> and he kicked in that fucking door and he had his hook. He's, like, he's like a Minotaur. Yeah, or... he was like a Minotaur, dude, but dude. it was called the New Jersey some shit. The or... Jersey Devil. Yeah, the Jersey Devil. I guess it was the, the devil. Jersey <laughs> Devil. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that it's was not uh... the devil. Well, I know. I'm saying that's, I, that's not what the I devil. Said. <laughs> Like I can't think of any other movies. You know, Rodney I will say, Dangerfield, Little Nicky. Well, that's Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> he literally played himself. He no, he the, played the devil. He was Lucifer. But he was himself. <laughs> <laughs> I did like Hereditary. I was cracking up at a. Uh, it was like a split second. It was like towards the end of the movie, and the kid was like doing something, and then he turns, and that guy's in the doorway, and he's butt ass naked, just smiling. <laughs> What the fuck am I watching? <laughs> that shit was great. Go but back uh to the story of Roland Doe. Yeah, I uh No, I don't. No. <laughs> oh, Not man. that I don't want to, it's just that I don't I can't think of any at least. Great input, man. What about Rosemary's Baby? I fucking love that movie. That is one thing I haven't seen. I really haven't need seen to it. see it. That movie is so good. They don't even show anything. That's what I hear. It's like it's all like alluded to. And it's, it's all, all just suspense. a situation that like makes it the good movie. Is that on a streaming thing? I don't know. I have it. We're gonna watch it if that's okay. I, yeah, I have it. Roman Polanski. Don't support that guy, but don't support him. But it's a good ass movie. Yeah, no denying that. Yeah, it is. I'll ask about Roland Polanski afterwards. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll fill you in on Roland Polanski. Roman Polanski uh, was Sharon Tate's husband, who was away filming a movie while she was murdered by the Manson family, and then he ended up raping a 14-year-old boy, and he had to move out of the country, and he still lives out of the country, and he still wins awards at, uh, uh, what do you call it, the Oscars, because all the actors say that he should just be pardoned for fucking a 14-year-old boy. Uh, Hollywood. Is he the guy with all the weird paintings? Or is that a... Or that's two that was, people. You t- you're thinking of Epstein? Nope. nope. You're thinking of the Podesta brothers. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's a whole other can that, of worms. That's a different episode. That's <laughs> a whole other can of worms. But, uh, yeah, that's that's the basic overview of uh, demonic possessions, guys. Yeah, so guys. there you go. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be getting into spooky things this month. Naturally, it's October. Yes, 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 yes. uh, Freaky deaky, you know. Freaky deaky Dutch. Who said that? (laughs) You remember that? No, I just... Yeah! Fuck! (laughs) What's freaking freaky deaky Dutch? (laughs) Yep. Matt, thanks for that reference. I'm glad Uh, somebody got that. That's why we're in your house. Dude, I was watching Frasier. 
<laughs> I was watching <laughs> Frasier too, dude. And he was uh, <laughs> fucking Frasier's dad was quoting Austin Powers, <laughs> and Frasier was like, "Dad, the Austin Powers craze is over." And he was like, "Do I make you Randy Frasier?" <laughs> and I don't know why I thought that was so funny, but I just did. I thought it was outstanding. <laughs> Uh, Frasier wants to take another ride on the Frasier train. <laughs> Frasier's a fucking amazing show. Yeah, I'm really sorry, is. it's so you funny. You don't like Frasier, David? Uh, I've never seen it. You really should. Uh, Sight Joe Bob and his brother. Yeah, I know. We are done with the episode. We are actually, after we're done with this episode, we're going to teach David how to play Magic the Gathering. He's very against it. Uh, he we'll thinks it's for nerds. We'll see how it goes. It's I think gonna he's go going to enjoy it. You're going to fall in love. Man, you guys bought me pizza. That's all the least I can do is play. There you go. You're right. That's me signing off, guys. We'll be back next week, y'all. It was, it was great. great. It was great uh, being on this show for the very first time. We love you, David. Love we you love you, too, bro. We're I glad had, you're going to be back. Hell yeah, time. man. I love you. Shut the I fuck up, Matt. <laughs> you're going to be back for... Group Seinfeld in? Now we gotta think of a line. I was in the pool. I was in the pool. All right. Thank you guys. I was in the pool. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.